If there's something crazy, weird, unusual, etc. happening in the New Testament, then it's probably helpful for us to look at the Old Testament. Phrases, events that turn our heads or cause us to get rather confused is commonly due to the fact that for us to understand such things, we have to know what happened hundreds or thousands of years before, recorded for us in the scriptures, that point forward to that event that's causing such confusion. And this is true about our celebration today. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I can allow stories like the one we heard in our first reading, the Acts of the Apostles, to simply go in one ear and out the other. The stories are so familiar to us that oftentimes it's unusualness, it's weird things that are going on, just slip right past us. So let's think about exactly what happened almost 2,000 years ago in that upper room we heard about in our first reading. The disciples, the apostles are gathered together, they're scared to death, they're with Mary, they're fearful, but they're united in prayer. Then all of a sudden, a strong wind blows through the room. Now, they've locked themselves in there. And then all of a sudden, they all see these tongues of fire resting upon the heads of each other. Now, let's take a step back for a moment. This is quite unusual. I don't know when the last time you've seen just a ball of fire drop on top of someone's head. If that happened, it probably wasn't a good outcome either. And so there's something unusual going on. So what's it all about? How can we understand this event more deeply? Well, we have to understand that first Pentecost, this celebration that we call Pentecost, is not just a New Testament or Christian celebration first. It was a Jewish feast. They had a feast called Pentecost. It was also called the Feast of Weeks, like days, weeks, months. And it took on this title, the Feast of Weeks, because it was precisely seven weeks after they celebrated the Passover. So seven weeks plus one day, they had this big feast called Pentecost. For all you people who aren't good at math, like me sometimes, seven times seven plus one equals 50. And hence we get the name Pentecost, which means 50. So the 50th day after the Passover, they have this feast. But enough with the math. What's the purpose of this feast? According to Jewish tradition, this feast memorialized, just like all other feasts, memorialized a rather significant event in their history as a people. And so the Feast of Pentecost memorialized the moment where Moses went up the mountain of Sinai and received the Ten Commandments. But you see, right before that moment of Moses going up upon the mountain to receive them, something very particular happened. This is what we hear in the book of Exodus. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. And Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. So to signify his presence, God descends in the form of fire upon the mountain. 
And then Moses receives on behalf of the people the very means to love God and to love neighbor, the Ten Commandments. And so people are traveling miles upon miles to celebrate this 50th day, this Feast of Pentecost. And so they're all gathered in Jerusalem. The apostles likewise. But you see, as they're celebrating and memorializing that moment when God came with fire upon the mountain, something much more profound happens in their midst. They experience the fire of God in a new way, in a way surpassing what had happened before. You see, they just don't receive the law upon stone tablets now, but rather the Spirit of God comes down, begins to dwell in them, and now the new law is written on the tablets of their heart. They're not just given the words of how to love God and neighbor. They're given the very power to do so. The very life of God. To be able to love Christ. To be able to love our neighbor. And to be able to imitate how Christ loved us. And to love in this way, my brothers and sisters, is humanly impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so this moment, however, is not just a moment isolated in the past, though. Because this moment is perpetuated over and over and over again. It's called the sacrament of confirmation. Most of you have received that sacrament. Our RCA participants not too long ago received that sacrament. And I'm willing to bet that when you receive that sacrament, so a strong wind didn't come into the church, tongues of fire didn't descend upon your head, but all those, although those external signs weren't there, the internal spirituality was present. My brothers and sisters, the very thing that happened to the apostles has happened to you. You too have received the very fire of God, the very spirit of God to carry out the ability to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and to love your neighbor as yourself. That moment was no different for them and for you. But something else extraordinary occurred on that day. Their fear turned into fortitude. The apostles who once huddled in fear and cowardice after the passion and death of Christ, and even after his resurrection, now go forth boldly and courageously and preach the gospel of Christ. They proclaim the wonders and the mighty works of God. You see, the small, wickering flame of fear is blown out, and they're set afire anew by the Spirit of God. But let us not forget that with great gifts come great responsibilities. As we recall in the gospel passage today read for us, 
the reception of the gift of the Spirit comes with a mission. It comes with ascending forth. Jesus said to the apostles as he breathed on them, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Then he says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. The mission is the same. Our brothers and sisters, this is not just any missionary charge, though. It's not just any mission, but the very mission of Christ himself. In other words, the mission of Christ and the Spirit becomes the mission of the church. And who is the church? You are. And I am. We are the church. We've been given a mission, the mission of Christ. And like a good father does, he gives you all the tools you need. Just yesterday, another tragedy struck our country. Another school shooting. We've experienced many of these in our country. The most recent one yesterday being in Santa Fe, Texas. And how can you tell me after all the tragedies we've seen just from gun violence in our country that we are not in need of courageous missionary disciples, spirited missionaries? Now, whether you're on the side of gun control or gun liberty, I'm not trying to make a political statement here. There's a deeper issue at hand, an issue more fundamental, more elementary, an issue in need of attention. The face of the earth has been stripped of the Spirit of God. And what are we going to do about it? We prayed just moments ago. We sung beautifully the words of Psalm 104. Send forth your spirit and renew the face of the earth. We've come to recognize through our scripture readings and through our meditation reflection that he sent his spirit. He sent it upon the apostles and he sent it upon you and me in our confirmation and baptism. The spirit's within us. That means that we need to be the ones to renew the face of the earth. We're the missionary workers called and summoned and commanded and commissioned to be the instruments of renewing the face of our country, the face of Biloxi, Mississippi, the face of this Gulf Coast. I'd like to end with this. At every Mass, you hear one word Starts with G, ends with O. That spells go. Go, go, go. Every Mass, you hear it. You see, the very word Mass comes from the Latin dismissal. Ite misa est. Go, it is dismissed. In other words, you're saying, the church is saying, get out of here. What are you waiting on? You've received the Spirit of God as you receive the body and blood of Christ. Now, what are you waiting on? Go out there. The world needs you. As a priest, I can only do so much. But you, the people of God, can go into the nooks and crannies of this society. And you're called to bring the Spirit of God there and renew it there. That is your mission. 
So don't forget that you're the hands, you're the feet, you're the ears, you're the eyes, you're the heart of Christ here on earth. And don't forget your mission to go forth. With great gifts comes great responsibilities. With the greatest gift of the Spirit comes the greatest mission you can receive. And so may we experience this day a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God as we receive Jesus in the Holy Eucharist and take that simple yet very powerful summons. Go and set the world on fire.